It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Hawk Chronicles follow the adventures of Detective Kate Hawk, who went from a Baltimore police detective to intergalactic investigator, from fighting crime on the streets to crime in the stars. And now, episode 146, The Game's Afoot. Claire, are you sure? Don't turn around. Yes, that's her. I don't recognize the man with her. It has to be the caller, unless she brought her own bodyguard from work. That might explain why she's early. What do you think we should do? Nothing. I'm going to text Jim and see what he wants us to do. The way they're sitting, I can see Claire's face, but not his. Uh-oh. What? What? Uh-oh. She just made eye contact with me. I think it's okay. She didn't even flinch a muscle. Do you think she recognized you? Wait, there are servers at the table and he's talking to him. So she just looked back at me and gave me a nervous smile. Jim says, don't make any move, observe, and let us know if they leave. He also asked, can you describe the man? His back is to us and I only got a quick glimpse of his face. He's middle-aged, no facial hair, his ears are kind of big, bushy eyebrows. He's wearing a gray suit that's a little outdated and big on him. Sounds like you're describing Leonid Brezhnev. Here you go. Are you ready to order or do you need more time? I'll have the small house salad with oil and vinegar dressing. Okay, and for you? What I really want is a big greasy cheeseburger. Just a basket of fries and a side of mayo, please. Okay, I'll be right out with that. Really? Fries and mayo? I'll share. Wait, Claire's getting up. I think she's headed for the ladies' room. I'm surprised he let her go. She looked right at me. Maybe I should follow her. No, let me do that. If he knows about Jim's detective agency, he may know you. I've changed enough so he won't know me. He won't recognize me. Put that earbud in that Jim gave you. It should be on channel three. I'll put mine in and when I'm in there, it should pick up the wire. All right, leave your phone with me in case Jim has further instructions. Claire Wilson? I'm Kate Hawk, Jim's partner and Kelly's sister. How did you know we'd be here? We didn't. Jim sent us ahead. He and Dad are hauling a boat as a cover for the boat ramp. This guy is one step ahead of you. He suspected there would be someone there, so he made me leave my car and come here with him. He felt safer here. Has he checked you for a wire yet? That was the first thing he did. He relaxed a little bit after that. Good. I'm going to wire you now. What if he discovers it? Then we'll take him down. Why don't you just do it now? Because, number one, all we have on him right now is harassment. And, two, he might just be the spokesperson for a bigger fish. Now we'll be listening and recording. If he starts to threaten you, then we can move in. Okay? All done. 
Now go back and try to act normal. I'm wearing a wire, talking to someone who could be a danger to me. Sure. Normal should be no problem. Here, this is a tracker. Slip it into your pocket. Once you get back into his car, drop it in the seat or door pocket. Wherever you can, as long as it's out of sight. I don't know about this. He's bound to detect something. Just remember, we are listening. Jim should be here soon. Just play along with him. Now you go out first. All right, let's see if this is working. Well, that didn't take long. I was afraid that if I stayed in there too long, you'd come in after me. Now, have I given you any reason to think that? You do realize that you're guilty of kidnapping, don't you? Kidnapping? Are you serious? Did I force you to come here? Did I push you into the car, twist your arm, or put a gun to your head? No, I didn't. You came here on an invitation to dinner. Some invitation that was. Come with me or else. When are you going to tell me what this is all about? I guess it's time we sorted this out. Do you know this man? I've never seen him before. Why do you ask? Look closely, Miss Wilson. I believe you have seen him before. And I believe you're mistaken. Have a good look at this photo. What do you see? The war memorial in Annapolis. And? Well? I'm looking. Okay. There's some guy in the background. Yes, this some guy right here. And this photo, why did you take this one of the police box on Charles Street in Baltimore? Because I'm a fan of the show. What show? You know, the doctor in his police box. Doctor? Doctor who? Precisely. Precisely? This doctor, who is he? Yes, he is. He is what? Not what. Who? Oh, this is getting good. Can you say Abbott and Costello? Never mind, Miss Wilson. If you're not going to tell me, then tell me this. Do you recognize this man in the background? Who? All right. We're not going through this again. The man in the background is this man right here. Well, if you know who he is, why are you asking me? Because you took his picture here, and you took it again here. Why? Did you ever stop to think that maybe he was following me? I mean, I took this picture of the war memorial because in all the times I've been to Annapolis, I never took a photo of it. And I took this one because... I know, I know, because of who, or what, or it. The fact remains that he is in both of these random photos. Well, let me ask you a question, Hank, or whatever your name really is. How did you get these in the first place? Your social media, of course. And out of the millions of people with social media, why did you pick me? Because I'm with a federal agency, and we have this man under surveillance. It's a load of... Shh, Kelly. That's bull. You tell him, Claire. If you were with one of the national agencies, you wouldn't have used that Mickey Mouse voice when you called me. Who's Mickey Mouse? What? Wait a second. You're telling me you don't know who Mickey Mouse is? Uh, sure, sure. I was, uh, just asking. You think I'm Mickey the Mouse or my boss? I just want to make sure that... Oh, great. Jim and his 1970s equipment. Mickey the Mouse? 
What's up with that? It's like he's from another planet. Another planet? Oh, no. You're telling us that you know where Wi-Fi is? For the right price, yes. I take it you'll want more than a bottle of ale? <laughs> units speak the loudest. How many units? I think for a thousand, you'd be well on your way to collecting whatever your bounty is. Or I could take my staff here and vaporize you into a thousand units. Trust me, friend. He's not kidding. Listen, what I have is valuable information. Times aren't easy here. I need something for my information. He could let you live. Come on, Jofra. You hunt fugitives for money. I deserve a little to help you get your bounty. Huh. A thousand isn't a little. Try again. How about 800? More like 100. And if it leads to his capture, another 200. Well, how can I trust you to come back and pay me? Well, since you know so much about us, I'm sure you know where our ship is docked. Yeah, in the Delta section. And since you're obviously the town snoop... I thought Zarkon said he was the town drunk. I stand corrected. Since you're the town drunk snoop, you'll know when we get set to depart. Yeah, I'll know. Then meet us there, and if I have Wi-Fi in tow, I'll pay you the balance. Deal? Deal. Great. Now, start talking. A hundred units, please. Now talk. He's held up in the bunker, halfway to the camp. He plans to muster a small force and return to the camp and persuade, as only he can do, more troops to join him. How big is a small force? Brady said at least half a dozen, maybe more. As far as I know, he has the Jubatan and two others. Colonel Zandu is out now, calling in favors for at least three more. I just don't see six or seven soldiers taking on that whole camp. She's right. And what did you mean by, as only he can do? The camp relies on Brady for resupply of critical needs. He's loyal to Zandu, and Zandu is still loyal to Wi-Fi. He'll blockade all supplies to the camp. I can't imagine loyalty will be much of a factor with his new troops if he does that. Well, that's how rage works, Gabby. Once he recruits them, there will be promises of riches and great bounty. Most of these former soldiers forget the bad times and remember just the good. I suppose that's true. We always had a saying. The best place to be was your last duty station or your next duty station. Getting to that bunker poses a huge problem. We'll need reliable transportation, but more importantly, someone who knows more about this bunker. I'm sure it has a sophisticated alarm or surveillance system. Oh yes, top of the line. And... It's located inside a mountain. The door is massive. You seem to know a lot about this place. Yeah, I'm guessing you were either stationed there or you made deliveries for Brady. Both, actually. Good, then you're going with us. What? Me? <laughs> you're mistaken, my friend. That's, that's an invitation to a very short life. I'll pay you a thousand units if we get him aboard the Ulysses. You will? Think about it. With a thousand units, you'd be really popular with the ladies of Tyrannus. <laughs> well, Crow, life's short anyway. I'm in. When do we leave? As soon as you convince Brady to arrange transportation for you to go to the bunker and join up with Wi-Fi. If you mention anything to Brady about us, we'll know. We bugged his place and we'll be listening in on you. If you try to deceive us... I'll introduce you to the business end of this. How am I gonna 
convince Brady to do that? He knows I can't afford to rent transportation from him. I've got another hundred units here, and the balance is yours once we get Wi-Fi on board. That makes two hundred. I'm sure for that much you can figure something out. Maybe they need supplies. You could volunteer to take them for a pint of your favorite liquid refreshment. Give me the rest of the day. I'll figure something out. Now, the extra 100. Here. If we find you back in the bar today, you'll regret ever having taken a single unit from me. <laughs> Don't worry, Jafra. I know a cash cow when I see one. What are you looking at me for? I can see you're fidgeting, Jim. Just call her for an update. I'm sure she'll let us know if there's an update. Why do you think he changed the meeting point? I've been thinking about that. Any conclusions? I think he's being overly cautious. He knows she has consulted me, so I'm sure he's aware I was uh, with law enforcement for many years. Yeah, he probably told her what to do, then changed times at the last minute and took her to a new location. I bet he didn't tell her to meet him at a different location because she could have relayed that back to you. Precisely. Which leads me to believe that he might be a professional criminal. He seems to stay one step ahead of us. Ah, it's Kate. Kate! I'm going to put you on speaker. What's the latest? He let Claire go to the ladies' room and I followed. She said he suspected that they'd be followed, so he made her get into his car and come here. Uh, that's what we figured. Uh, were you able to give her a listening device? Yes, but we only got a few minutes of conversation before we lost signal. Well, what happened? What happened? Well, what happened was we used old technology. For what little time you had, did you get anything useful? He started off by asking why she took those two pictures. The two stip photos? Yes. Then he pointed out a man in both photos. He asked if she knew who they were, and then asked why did she take the pictures. Then it was a little who's on first. Ah, the police box stip on Charles Street. Go on. The guy calls himself Hank, and insisted that he was with a federal agency, and that this man was under surveillance by his department. Did he say which department? No, but he did say something very interesting. She said that if he was indeed a national agency, why did he use such a Mickey Mouse voice on the phone? He said, who's Mickey Mouse? Then he tried to recover by saying he wasn't sure if she thought he was Mickey the Mouse or his boss. Mickey the Mouse? <laughs> Sounds like a mob name. I'm sure that's what he thought because he said he knew Mickey the Mouse. But it wasn't him. The guy would have to be from the moon not to know that. Or Honga. Now, now, let's not jump to conclusions. It's a big universe. How about the uh, tracking device? She has it, and will plant it in his car. Jim, they just brought out drinks. He's having milk. Oh, boy. He took out a packet of something and is pouring it in. My guess is that it's salt. Well, it sounds like we just went from local to intergalactic. All right, just stay there and uh, let us know if he leaves. We're out of tracking range right now. I guess we're about 20 minutes out. All right, see you soon. Well, this puts a whole new spin on things. <laughs> I'll say, these Hongans seem to get around. Say, didn't one of them help you out on that South African case? I'm not real familiar with all the details on that one. Ah, Nelson talked about it a little bit. This Hongan was captured in St. Louis. 
and turned on his people. They used him in Johannesburg to help in an attempted bombing case. And your point is? Well, if Hank here turns out to be a Hongan, maybe we could use his help, you know, fight fire with fire. Who knows? Maybe he knows Hank. That's quite a long shot. It's like meeting someone from China and saying, oh, maybe you know my friend Jilin. Well, what I'm thinking is there's a select few who come to Earth. Maybe it's a special unit. Maybe you think this Hank is part of Von Longer's gang? Heinrich's mission was to destroy all the Stips. He wanted to keep the two Earths separate. The Hongan probably wants to stop Stip intergalactic travel. I say we go to the boat ramp. If he drove her to the restaurant, he'll have to bring her back. I agree. And there we can follow the tracker. Not hauling my skiff, I assume. No. Kate will come you back home. Kelly and I will follow you in the agency's car. I don't think Kate will be very happy with you. <laughs> well, if I took her, then Kelly's feathers would be ruffled. <laughs> I see your point. Pick your poison. So, how did the medical go? They passed with flying colors. Uh, don't you mean floating colors? You see? This is what I'll be putting up with for who knows how long. Hey, that's no way to talk about your partner. Partner? I didn't hear anything about a partner. All I heard was that you were accompanying me back to Earth. Let's not get carried away. Aegis Simon's right, Sam. The IDF requested that you accompany him back. It could be that they want to put you before board to adjudicate the charges against you. Charges? Why, Sam, what did you do to upset the IDF on Earth? A little misunderstanding in St. Louis. Misunderstanding? I don't think trying to blow up the St. Louis 911 emergency center is a misunderstanding. You tried to do what? Well, we weren't going to try to blow up the whole building, just the communications tower. Look, I helped out the IDF, and in return, they provided a cover story for me and then sent me to Tyrannus as your partner. A temporary arrangement, I assure you. Whatever the arrangement is, both of them are cleared for travel. Good. Now I suggest you both get some rest. You've got a long trip ahead of you. I think I'll float on over to the lounge area and enjoy some snacks, if you don't mind. That's all right with me. I'm not the one who'll be cooped up with you for the next 30 hours. Do you want me to follow him? You never know what he could get into. He's fine. I think he's too excited to get himself into any trouble. I think we really need to talk to the controller. If they think I'm taking him back to MI6, they are sadly mistaken. Commander Sims, I insist. You set up a telephone conference with the controller. This matter must be resolved before we depart. I'm sorry, Agent Simon, but the controller is in his sleep cycle at this time. I'm not waking him up because you want further explanation on orders that have been issued. Do you at least know if we have the same final destination? The deep space step will take you into low Earth orbit. I'm familiar with how the DSS works, Lieutenant. I'm asking about the port of call. The re-entry step will then take you to your port of call. Which is? My planet 310, of course. Your Earth. I take it from your obtuse answer. You don't know. Of course I don't know. My job is to get you into low Earth orbit so the re-entry step can pick you up. It would have been so much easier if you just said, I don't know. Based on the fact that this order came from 310 headquarters and the overall coordinator is the controller's brother, it's a good bet that you'll be transferred to St. Martin, an airport near the city called Baltimore. Once you get there, you can pose all of your questions to him. This had better be a temporary arrangement. I suppose they teamed you two together in the first place because Sam could pass as a rage member and be some value to you. Maybe they want him to work some cases there that would involve some of his skills. What? 
doing whatever he likes, getting in the way, doing a whole lot of nothing but talk. I think Sam would make a good politician. <laughs> so they're like that on your planet, too? Seriously, though. Unless they need a Hongan translator, I really don't see what good he will be. If anything, at least we got a nice salad out of this. Nice salad? Remember, you're the rabbit here, not me. I am enjoying my fries, though. They're still talking, and I wish Jim's transmitter was a bit newer. You mean like post-war? I think we got enough to know what we're dealing with. My guess is that the man in the two photos is his accomplice. Yeah, but for what? I can't help but think, since both photos involve a stip, that it may have something to do with the Von Longer gang. So you think he's picking up on the plan to eliminate all of the stip devices? Honestly, I really don't know what to think. It still bothers me that he picked out Claire. I mean, how did he know that she was taking those two photos? Was he following her? Or monitoring her? Or if he was, why? Those are a lot of questions, sis. Yeah, not a lot of answers. I wish we could hear what they were saying. We need Jim and his building listening device. He should be getting here soon. You know, a thought just occurred to me. All right, this should be interesting. Let's hear it. What if Claire is in on it? Seriously? You think there's a possibility that someone from the state police would be a part of a conspiracy? To do what? I don't know. Maybe gain access to the world's stip locations? I mean, it doesn't make sense that this Hank would randomly watch a tourist take two photos, then assume she'd go to Jim to get to the IDF. I mean, assuming he is a Hongan working for Rage. And isn't it odd that just when their conversation was getting meaty, the transmitter stopped working? Other than Jim being IDF, as both of us are, why pick him out? Why not you or me? Nelson. What? Nelson? You think all of this might be to get to Nelson? And if it is, why? It was Nelson who captured the two Hongans in St. Louis. Maybe they want revenge. Kelly, you're my sister and I love you. But that's just plain crazy. I'm just floating it out there. Way out there. You're just jealous because you didn't think of it first. Wait, they just paid the server. Looks like they're leaving. I'll text Barnes. Kate, you better text something else as well. What's that? Our friend Hank has six fingers. Is Hank really a Hongan? And if so, what's his target? Will Simon be stuck with Sam as a partner? And will the bar patron really lead Jafra, Tam, and Gabby to Wi-Fi? Find out the answers to these questions and more in the next episode of the Hawk Chronicles Six Finger Exercise. Hi, my name is Tracy Babian, co-author of the Carlson Chronicles podcast. My husband, J.A. Babian, the main author, had a triple stroke in the latter part of August of this year. Jerry was lifelighted to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brain bleed that the doctors thought they were going to have to do surgery on him, which surely would have killed him. Thank the Lord they didn't. He survived that brain bleed and swelling, but he is in need of so much for his recovery I have started a GoFundMe to help with all the costs that I just don't have. I retired back in April of this year so that I could take care of Jerry, as he was starting to show signs then 
that I just didn't catch. Little did I know this would be a blessing in disguise. He is fighting this setback of memory loss and 75% use of his right leg, arm, along with his cognitive speech. Considering the doctor said he would not make it, I consider him to be a miracle. Medicare has only granted 12 visits of physical and speech therapy twice a week. He needs at least six months worth of speech therapy alone. That is a total of $4,000 we need to pay up front that I just don't have. So far, we have had $775 in donations of the 10000 we need come in. Please donate today so that he can get his needed medication, therapy, and also help pay bills that Medicare just will not cover, even if it's only $5. I update this account so folks can see his progress. You can go to my Facebook account, Tracy Babian VO, to find the pinned link with the title, Jerry Babian Stroke Victim Needs. Jerry says, thank you. I still have a lot to write on my stories that I want to get done. Please help me to achieve that goal. Thank you in advance for your donation. Tracy Babian